0: What's up, my people? Welcome to Fellowship Bible Church's Sermon Spotlight, where we're coming at you each and every week with a fresh weekend to debrief an effort to send biblical truth. What better way to do that than by the power of conversation? I'm one of your hosts, Caleb Pearson. Uh, Joining me, you might know this guy. He's awesome, uh, Mark Francis. Mark, how you doing, buddy?
1: Wow, that's an introduction.
0: Yeah, I thought about going the kind route. Thanks. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. So here's the thing. We had a pastoral staff meeting, and early, so I could play knockout with all of them. Oh. And then very last minute, I see you in the booth. I well, invite you down. Nobody invited me. Which this. was a, It was a pity invite, I'll be honest. But you were working. I said, stop working. Yeah. Come down, play 21 with us. You smoked us all, and you beat me at the very end. Yeah. Did that feel good? I was a little Did scared. Did you leave feeling
1: to, good? Absolutely.
0: <laughs>
1: I was a little scared because the way that knockout goes, if anybody doesn't know, you're shooting free throws at the basketball line. and mm-hmm. The person behind you has to make a shot before you make yours. Mm-hmm. And, if, and if you don't make yours, then you're out. So... Mm-hmm. Caleb started the line and because I was last to get invited. I was in the back of the line, which meant that when Caleb makes his shot and if he doesn't get knocked out, he comes in and he's behind me behind you
0: the, whole time. the entire time except for when it counts goes to show
1: who's better at basketball yeah
0: it's the answer is you uh (laughs) thanks for being here buddy love you to death i should be sitting Uh, there and
2: kind of split you yeah
0: yeah, that's a good point i really shouldn't be sitting next to him at all Uh, you've heard him already he's back with us uh been in the pulpit a ton we just wrapped up a series with him uh tim sanford tim how you doing my friend good i am very good good Good. thanks for being here this is the last one this is it yeah wow mark Carey's
1: gonna be back for a good long time you've been you've been clocking in work brother Hey, good job. Thanks.
2: Good job. Yeah, we're heading into Daniel. Mm -hmm. He's going to teach some. I'm going to teach some, but the bulk of it will be Mark, and off we go, running. I mean, that is my opening comments to you, Tim.
1: Seriously, Mm -hmm. that three weeks for an entire book of the Bible, yes, it's only three chapters, but you did it as best as you could and still covered verse by verse, and I appreciate that because that is what we do here at FBC is to really make sure that we properly adequately exposit the word and yeah. there wasn't any glazing over i mean you still yeah. covered things as quick as possible but that that gets to the heart of kind of one of my questions is, how'd you do it
2: I mean, <laughs> you know well I mean, it's the lord i mean yeah. it, like honestly and it's not just a little you know a uh, funny phrase whatever but um yeah for him to highlight every week of study for that I would say I could distinctly see the Lord at work, guiding, directing, mm-hmm. opening my understanding to things, helping me to know almost every time Saturday night, I was 10, 15 minutes even over time. <laughs> and then it was like, Lord, what do I do about this for Sunday? Yeah. Right. And plus we had uh, Michael doing the review. So I knew five minutes was gone right there. and And the Lord would just help me to, okay, this is the things I want you to highlight. And so you actually did emphasize Saturday night went longer, yes. which is
1: okay and appropriate, which still goes to show that that's the training grounds, I guess. Mark Carey did that a lot as well early yeah. on. Oh, yeah. just, yeah. Here, here's everything. And then you God do it shows the first you what time. gets on the cutting room floor yeah, and what, yeah. what you need to tighten up. and Yeah,
2: yeah there yeah. you well, go. Well, some of it too is FSAT to me, there, there's an environment there that actually invites um, – Maybe a little bit more of a casual setting. Mm-hmm. I'm down on the floor, right? I'm not mm-hmm. up on the, uh, you know, on the, the podium there, and uh, I feel like there's just, uh, just that. I like being near people <laughs> sure. you when know, I'm teaching, so there's that connectivity.
1: Well, from a worship team perspective, I'll digress down this bunny trail. I mean, the reason why we owe our looking at the time of the services because it impacts so many people yes I mean it does. and we do yeah. have two services that happen on a Sunday morning and there is children's mm-hmm. ministry and there's mm-hmm. there's biblical training yeah. center classes yeah. that are on a schedule and the, the yeah. kids don't I mean there's there's so many different perspectives of why yeah. we are as a worship team kind of saying okay Tim, okay you know here's yeah, here's the right. time allotment. Not that we don't value what you're doing, but there's so many other values around the building and within that corporate gathering time that are valuable, whether it be the prayer or the singing time or the scriptures or the participation of a responsive reading. All the things wrap up into a corporate gathering time that is so valuable Mm
2: -hmm. and
1: the things that go on in the building are also similarly valuable that we want to make sure we respect each component of that and not say that one is trumping the other.
0: Which is why I think you also ring the bell at the end of a a sermon or a a teaching time to just say like, let's continue in this. There's a lot more. Well, how can we personalize this? You've alluded to this before of just like, man, like I hope everybody really gets this. Or I hope this actually impacts us. How does it change our life? So we're not just like, sweet, I did it, did the Christian thing another time. But instead there's like, oh my goodness, there is more there. And one thing that stood out to me over the last month of Tim going through this book was your closing prayer every time. You would start it. And you would kind of just take a beat and just be like, "Whew!" Yeah. And that really stood out to me in a sense of just like, "Yeah, I get why he's he's doing that." Because we just did a lot, and there's a lot more as well. Oh yeah. And so you look at Second Peter three specifically as you talk about end times, and it it's a good preface to Daniel. You know, I think it's important people realize we didn't just like spin a wheel and land on Second Peter. We're we're talking about. Daniel, and what could we do in this time, and Mark's surgery, and how does it all time out in such a way that we cover a book, address the end times in one service, which I think you did a great job of, and then prepare for what's next yeah. for the next six months or whatever. So I thought it, yeah, I thought it was great. I'll just read the, the final couple
1: verses yeah. from Second Peter, because we were hitting that as benedictions right. at the end of each of these three <clears throat> weeks, and really it wraps it all up, but it says, you therefore, beloved, knowing this beforehand, be on your guard so that you are not carried away by the error of mm-hmm. unprincipled men and fall from your own steadfastness, but grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To Him be the glory, both now and to the day of eternity. Yeah. Amen.
2: Those, those verses really wrap up right. very well, right? They mm-hmm. summarize all that we were talking about through those three chapters. And mm-hmm. That whole thing, <clears throat> I don't know um, how people heard it, but I was trying right at the end how do we actually grow in the grace and in the knowledge Mm -hmm. and trying to express some things that would be helpful. I actually had, uh, someone wrote me and said, you know, I had mentioned a book and like, I guess they, uh, they didn't get the author right, nor the name of the book. So, but at least, Hey, there, Hey, what was that? Right. Mm -hmm. And so to be able to put stuff like that out there so that people can, can hopefully as the lord was stirring their hearts about that stuff saying okay i don't want to just let this be a stirred but not changed kind of a thing god i want to be moving forward in some of the so so where would i go next what can i do so i was just trying to give some tangible things and mostly in my opinion headed towards the word because it's so mm-hmm. easy for us to head mm-hmm. towards a book even though i said a book but because there's people who like that. But if we go into the Word and we begin to study those things out, it's amazing actually how the Spirit of God begins to bring those things uh, to our minds and to our hearts, and they begin to get woven in. And we actually are doing then what He's telling us to do.
1: Yeah, a couple mm-hmm. things that I see even out of that, but also your sermon I want to touch on. The first phrase that is there in verse 17, be on your guard. Yeah. And there is this um, warning that that Peter is giving of just don't don't just be carried away by any of these principles and teachings, but right. be diligent in understanding, you know, what God is telling yeah. each of us yeah. and and how we should live our lives. And, yeah. and that leads to, well, Christ is going to return, that, that he is coming back someday. And how can we live our lives where we're being diligent to be on guard of, right. okay, <clears throat> what is God saying in my life right now? But then also there's no telling when, the day of the Lord is going to come. Right. And, you know, there's that thief in the yeah. night idea. And so how we can then live our lives where it doesn't matter how old we are yeah. to, mm-hmm. to to recognize this is still important.
2: Yeah. And how do we do this in wisdom without doing it in fear? Right? Like, mm. yeah. I would say right. I, as I was being raised, I, not from my parents per se, but in the teaching uh, stuff that I was associated with, there was a lot of times when it, in my opinion, was motivated by fear, right? I don't know about you guys, but like there mm-hmm. was a show, not a show, uh, uh, but a movie, what was it called? Um, oh, it was end time stuff. And and we would go watch them as youth group. And I'll tell you, you'd come away like scared to death, <laughs> right? Oh, my word. Because all of a sudden, here's this razor buzzing in the, in the sink because dad had gone. It was the scene, you uh-huh. know? But um, but he says that, right, uh, to, to be on your guard in regards to this, because, again, I think there's such a tendency to complacency, right? Mm-hmm. And when I went through chapter two, there were a few comments uh, um, that, that I think they were meant well and everything, but there was almost like, hey, that kind of came across as very, like, scary kind of a deal, Well, I wasn't trying to do that. But at the same time, how do I highlight what Peter is saying? Listen, if you are listening, and what I mean by listening to is like the embracing of what a false teacher is teaching, not just hearing it. Mm -hmm. Some people actually thought I meant hearing it, right? Mm -hmm. But what are you embracing? That is going to have an impact on you. And you ought to be on your guard knowing nobody out there is saying, hey, I don't care what kind of money you give to me. If some of it's counterfeit, who cares? Nobody's doing that. Everybody wants to know, well, what's counterfeit and what's real, right? And you give them a $100 bill and they hold it to the light. They put their little marker through it, right? Because they're trying to figure that out. That's what he's talking about. Mm. Be on guard. Pay attention because you don't want to take a $100 bill that's not really $100. You want a real, authentic one because you know that can spend well. It's the same thing with spiritual truth. It spends well, is what it does, right? So there's this balance. I don't know if that's the right term, but an awareness, a, a healthy on guard, is what he's talking about. Yeah. with that. And even two weeks ago, um,
1: <clears throat> we were sitting here talking about this in this in this podcast about how how can we like you even shared to your your own personal story that you didn't always think critically like this, right. and and right. I admitted I was the right. same way. Yes, it led to a really interesting off. Off-air off air yeah. conversation <laughs> yeah. but, but we can get back to that of well why does this matter why should we be looking at these things critically in this way why should we be on guard why should we really be caring about what um is going to happen in the future and mm-hmm. and it's it's because because the things of this world don't matter right and you were really touching on that this yeah. com- this sermon yeah. i almost heard a little bit of our off air conversations yeah. come out in your sermon this past week right. because there's yeah. this value that we all should be sensitive right. and aware that okay, this world is coming to an end. Yes. And you're, you talked about that and how yeah. the things of this world should not matter as much. Right. but yet we still get sucked into it. Yeah, we yeah. still get sucked into the things of this world and care about all good things. You know, yeah. um, getting married, yeah. having kids, having a job, having yeah. you know, passing things on. You know, to your family members when you're gone. All whatever you're getting wrapped up into, it's still. Right. It's going to get burned up. Yep. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter. Yep. The things of God are what yep. matters. And just it's just so tough to live that way. Right. You know?
2: Yeah.
0: I, yeah, I can't remember if it's Luke 12 or what, but th- that store, where are you storing up treasures? And, and where is your heart? Where is your perspective? I, I think that's why it was so good, and I appreciate how you—day of the Lord versus yeah. day of God. Yeah. And, and how can we, without stepping into what we think it's going to look like and how we think it's going to happen and when? You didn't address that. All you really focused on, rightfully so, was when the Bible says this— this is what it's referring to. Right. And because of that, because because of that, we, we do have an understanding of of what the Bible does give us in terms of the end times. And so there's a little bit of concrete there. And that was so good as I think through the high schoolers that attend the service, the Keystone Age, mm. young mm-hmm. adults, you, you can get tripped up anytime you read anything that oh, oh, that's end times, you just then you just almost graduate to and accept some crazy idea yeah. and apply it across the board. Yeah. To what God might actually have a very specific step in that process, or I'm not going to care about it. It's end or, times, you know, or, it's not relevant or, to me. Yeah. It'll happen how it happens, and yeah. and I will focus on my treasures here, or or you know, this is more real to me than that. Right. And and the Bible speaks to the opposite of that. Which but is yeah. you're, you're
1: speaking to an audience of where that is real. That is, I mean, mm-hmm. I've had, I can't tell you how many times in community group settings I've heard people say, Ah, you know, I just I'm not. It's not for me. I, I, I know yes. what what my my purpose here is, uh-huh. and you know whether it be you know to grow in Christ or discipleship. But end time stuff, it is what it is. Mm. I'm just gonna you know. Right. It, Right. And, and and how many people are just thinking that way mm-hmm. and not thinking strategically that yeah there is right. a purpose of how I can live my life with that end yeah. in
2: mind some of it is I think difference. too is because we fight over some of this stuff and we're tired yeah. the we, whoever, <laughs> yeah. we're tired of that so we mm-hmm. say I don't want anything to do with that because what it means for me is I, I get into a fight and it's an not argument worth or a theological yeah. debate of, yeah. Yeah. but Peter is you know very clear in regards to listen guys I'm forewarning you about this kind of stuff so that it'll have an impact on your life. When I was 21, I was encouraged to invest money, right? It was good, wise, uh, wisdom, uh, advice that was given to me, both because of feeling like I didn't necessarily have the money to invest, but probably more importantly, I just kind of sloughed it off. I just, I could have pinched maybe a little bit more. I could have, now I'm looking back on what we would call compound interest, right? Like all of those years, I cannot, I can dump a ton of money if I had it into investments and it will not make up for those years that I've lost. And I look at that and say, well, I've had to learn that somewhat the hard way through a, you know, the physical financial uh, world. But Peter is talking about a spiritual Mm. side of it. And he's saying, hey, guys, don't invest in the things of this world that are going to burn up. It doesn't mean that you don't have a house right, right? or a car or a nice car even. It means don't invest in them because those are the things that you value. And Mm -hmm. that's when you wake up one of these days and you go... Oh my word! I've been doing that, and it's wasted. My years mm-hmm. are—I can't buy them back. And, it, and it's not just fi- financial investment; it's emotional investment, mental
0: investment. Yes. No one, no one invests in a stock market they consider to be crashing. Right. I, I would never, I would never invest in that stock. Right. Are you kidding me? I just saw the news; it's tanking. Right. Well, spiritually, right. we can apply that to this world a little bit and then i've described it before in youth ministry as the tension between how how do we like jesus be in the world but not of the world because we don't want the answer to be put our head in a hole so we stop voting we stop engaging we stop this that and the other we need to participate somehow but not participate to the degree that we've been conformed to the patterns of the world right very hard very hard to do are we passing that on
1: sorry yeah i thought too i mean are we passing it on to our children to our families right. yeah. and are we saying that but then are we living it out i mean right. i'm a victim of this as a parent my kids are now yeah. both over 18 and adults and mm-hmm. kind of my time has come of where like okay how are they now living based right. off of my actions of what I valued in our family right. household? Right. You right. know, we, we value, you know, soccer, soccer practice and after school activities of band yeah. and yeah. all the things that go on mm-hmm. and, and getting good grades and getting into the right college and all the values of what the world offers. And they're all good, fun things. But are they now valuing right. the eternal In the way that they need to be right i hope so but maybe not to the level that i could have displayed as a parent
2: yeah you know uh, and and, and some of that is because you're looking at that now as a more mature man than you were as you began to raise your children right like some of that that's just the realities of how life goes Mm -hmm. we gain a better perspective and from a discipleship uh you know perspective here yes now you have children who are adults and they have moved in their relationship to you and how you engage with them as a parent, but your discipleship Mm -hmm. that you hopefully we're doing or or wish now that you were doing or whatever that continues on sure right yeah. that never ends mm-hmm. and the opportunity to engage with them so that it's not even so much that they'll get this earlier than you get it although that might happen but it's more that you recognize there's an immaturity level comparatively to you that they ha- that you're trying to invest some of what you've matured into into their life and then it might have impact on them and and benefit them right mm-hmm. but ultimately coming back to what you said <clears throat> it's an interesting phrase here of, um, it's really the it's the life of Christ. I don't have the right perspective about that as long as self is in control. When self is on the throne, I don't have that. It's just the way it is. Self wants what self wants. It's the new car, it's the new house, it's the whatever, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but as God begins to change me by the beholding that we've talked about, right, this transformative work that begins to happen, and little by little, The life of Christ starts becoming more valuable to me, and the expression of the life of Christ through mine becomes more valuable to me. It's going to change as part of all of that. It's going to change how I view this. And it's coupled with, and God is so amazing at how He brings all this together, but all of that is coupled with, at the same time, I'm tasting of the things of the world and finding that they don't satisfy. Right, Mm -hmm. So those things work together, and then the difficulties of life that also—the suffering that we try to escape from, but it's all part of this package that God is putting together to help us—we become more spiritually mature, just like you're describing Mm -hmm. as you've gone through that in a parenting perspective. Mm -hmm. And it's how to recognize— I think it's a how to recognize
0: idolization a little bit too. It, it'll be it's so interesting in youth ministry. I sometimes kids are always asking me questions, but sometimes there's a common thread and out of yeah. nowhere, I, I sense the Lord is like, "This is yes. on. This yeah. is on the plate for this month or whatever." Yeah. Over a couple of times within the last eight to twelve months, kids have asked me, "How do I know when something's an idol?" Like How do I know when it has become an idol in my life? Because I know I shouldn't idolize things besides God, but how do I actually yeah. recognize that? And so I've had to wrestle with how to answer that question in not just a cookie-cutter way, yeah. and not just a reciting the Bible verse way, but actually getting a young person to wrestle with, but it's a good thing, but I don't want to idolize it over Christ yeah. or this, that, yeah. and the other. I wanted to share something that Tim Keller is a pastor. He passed away last year. His son manages all his accounts and sends out quotes from his dad from sermons dating all the way back to the 80s or whatever, but this came out yesterday. Uh, Tim Keller once said, an idol is whatever you look at and say in your heart of hearts, if I have that, then my life has more meaning. Then I know I have value, and then I will feel significant and secure. Like That's how easy it can Mm. be for something to become an idol, Mm. because especially for a Christian, it's like, yeah, yeah, I still love you, Lord, but if I could have that I will then feel value. Maybe it's just in that day, or maybe it's just in that week. Then I'll feel value. Then I'll feel secure or significant. It's so easy to, to stumble into that stuff. And so then when you're coming across the book of Second Peter, talking about spiritual urgency, it's the it's the opposite of having temporal urgency of now I got to figure this out. Yeah. Now I need to try to attain that for my family or for myself and, and this, that, and the other. And man, I've I've had to learn, even as a husband and a father, I can wrestle with good good things, how to provide for my family or how to fix that thing or how to do this, that, and the other. But that can actually become an idol pretty quickly. From my day-to-day, my mood, the way I talk to him, or the way I can't sleep soundly at night if I'm wrestling with something, I used to, as a kid, think an idol was always this fun, happy thing you just were addicted to. Mm-hmm. It's whatever steals your mind and heart, for right. better or for worse. And the reason why we're talking
1: about this, bringing it back to Second Peter, mm-hmm. verse 11 says, Since all these things are to be destroyed in this way, talking about the, the, the full melting, consummation yeah. of it yeah. all, mm-hmm. what sort of people ought you to be yes. in holy conduct and godliness, looking for and hastening the coming of the day of the Lord? Mm-hmm. So uh, th- It's like, because all these things will be destroyed... How are you gonna live now? Like what are you gonna put your focus on? How are right, you gonna right. have your attention right. uh, divide yeah. dividing up your week, yeah. spending up your time during mm-hmm. the day? What are you spending your days? Now, yeah. now mm-hmm. of course we all have jobs, we all have things, family responsibilities, and we're not all just hunkered down and just <laughs> you know looking for the day of right. the Lord and studying, but right. like right. how we can constantly have an awareness and look for those opportunities to
2: Mm -hmm. be more God focused in whatever situation that we have. Yeah. I'm in this world, not of this world. That's what we're saying, right? Mm -hmm. That's what we're talking about where the Lord is able to, my job provides uh, for the food and the needs that our family has. It also provides me an opportunity to be giving to other needs. Like it, it even provides for things that are very enjoyable and pleasant that aren't necessary for life right? But they're what God delights in in the extravagance of in giving, right? Like all all of those things are there, but none of those are necessarily what should be ruling that. Even Mm -hmm. even the food, you know, the Lord says, hey, listen, (laughs) I've come to do my Father's will. It's not so much that I'm getting bread to eat, it's that I'm carrying, and I obviously not staying away from bread, right? But it's that whole mindset. But that mindset— is a growth process, and it's something really that the Lord has to do in our lives. Because otherwise, we start hearing some of this stuff, and like, for example, with the idols, and we say, well, how do I stop myself from mm-hmm. falling down before these idols? That's not the issue. Mm-hmm. You know, you you talk about, well, we're going to Daniel. Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. How was it that these young men move out of their home country, go to an idolatrous country, Immersed in all of that, and yet don't fall down to those. The reason they didn't fall down to those idols is because they had a right perspective mm-hmm. of who the one true God was. And they said, even if he mm-hmm. doesn't save us, we're still not going to bow down, mm-hmm. even if it means our death, right? Like, So those men had, they were young men and had gained some maturity, probably from their parents passing that on to them, but they had it right, as opposed to, how do I stop myself from falling down yeah. to these idols? Mm-hmm. That's that's a losing game mm-hmm. because your flesh is not strong enough to mm-hmm. stop your flesh from sinning. That's mm-hmm. just how that works, right? But All God the reason is, why Peter says, "Grow in the grace. grow in the yeah, there the it is knowledge again. of yes. God." Yeah. So I, again, I I hope people were catching it. I was trying to put out like, guys, just just emphasize this for five years in your life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which there, I love that you said that. I'll be honest, I thought I thought you were going to say five weeks.
0: Or even a year, oh, yeah. five months. But I love but that no. you said five years, because right away it, it it painted a picture in my mind, this is the real deal, and it can't be attained quickly. Right. And what you said was, okay, grow in the grace and knowledge, which intellectual in that case, knowledge yes. of, of Christ. Right. Go study Him. Yes. Like I think it's so... Give a five-year challenge of studying Jesus, right? Let's yeah. study what He did, yeah. how He acted, what He said. Yeah. It's not about mastering the Bible or Scripture, right? right. I, a lot of people do the Bible in a year plan. That's great just don't forget about the person it's about right. and and don't feel good because you got to check off Ezekiel right. by March or whatever right. Right. but actually you're growing in right. in the i know more about Jesus than when i first started this that's that's why we're marked right. differently right, right? that's the strength
1: launching us into Daniel mm-hmm. which i love because it yeah it right it was intentional to have second peter here launch us into a yeah. larger study of Daniel mm-hmm. where i have read the book of Daniel just recently and looking into it and seeing, okay, what are some of the storylines and some of the things and just that greatness and sovereignty of God that he's in charge of all things. And then somebody like a Daniel or Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego who fully, confidently, 100% trust him and know who he is and are living out their life Mm -hmm. because of that um, are just some cool themes that I know as a church we're going to dive into it's old
0: testament it can be a little harder but it's exciting it's prophecy it's end times i think there's a buzz about it and an intrigue about it but you come up against that that second timothy three all scriptures profitable boys i'll be vulnerable with you sometimes i'm like yeah no it's not right Right. like it's so easy for me to think that of just like i'll read a passage and be like yeah that was brutal uh so what do I know to be true? Well, I know all Scripture is profitable, so now I recognize okay, the issue's is me. What's the deal here, Lord? How, yeah. Do I revisit this? Do I study it? But we get to a point where we realize, by golly, every word in this thing yeah. is profitable for me and my life. Yeah. Yeah. And if that verse is true and the other verse says all all things pertaining to life and godliness have been given to us—
2: The bridge is not a mystery. It's the word of the Lord that that we've been given. And I can give you personal testimony to that. I remember reading about Nebuchadnezzar, and now he's eating like a cow, right? Mm. And at Mm. the end of it, he himself says Mm. that the Lord knows how to abase the proud. Mm. And that was used as part of God's working in my own life. Because I, by nature, by personality, I'm an arrogant person, right? Like, I'm not insecure, I'm arrogant when it comes Mm. to pride. And so it was that phrase, it was like, the Lord knows how to abase the proud. I've never had to eat grass like a cow. Thank God for that. (laughs) But I'll tell you, he's been faithful through the years to keep chipping Mm -hmm. away, to keep showing it to me. To help me to know, oh, he is capable of doing this and he does it. He's not just mm-hmm. capable, he does it. That's good. And so he cares about Nebuchadnezzar, he cares about me, he cares about all you like all of that's happening. Mm-hmm. But the other thing with it is not so much personal, but it's like, okay, so Second Peter gives us what you described, okay, the day of the Lord and what all that entails and how this is all gonna end. Daniel gives us more of a prophecy, especially in the last half of the book, right? More of a prophecy of, so what's coming kind of like next. right? And and from the perspective of obviously for the nation of Israel, where is this going? And I'll just cheat and say, you know, the tribulation time, those seven years, there's an impact on the nation of Israel as a result of Old Testament things that God yeah. has said that are now finally finishing out, you right. know, that, that's some of the stuff that we'll see. So it's going to create a certain amount within us of like, whoa, what's mm-hmm. he talking about with some of this? And how does it affect me? And how should I be thinking? Because in my opinion, anyways, that's the stuff that's coming right next. It's not so much, oh, this is going to melt in a thousand mm. plus years, Right. But it's like this could be on the yeah, scene yeah, yeah. here in just the next little while, even, mm-hmm. and I don't know that for a fact. Right. No one does, but I tell you what: there's an urgency for mm-hmm. that because there are people who are going to be affected by all that. And we ought to be—we ought to, as God's kids, we ought to be thinking that: grounded way. and growing. Grounded and grow. Mm-hmm. Woo! Ooh, that's good. Yeah, <laughs> that's good. Good stuff, Mark. What should we uh,
0: point people towards before we get out of here?
1: Well, there's. Always, plenty of ministry things happening here, mm-hmm. and so I could go on for a half hour. Yeah. But um, I'm I'll going highlight to highlight. I'm, I'm going couple, to the website to help uh, well, you. I'll here just here. highlight a couple of the things that I know are coming up. There's food share opportunity that's coming up for the month of February. Yeah. So we're going to have right. boxes in the in the foyer. We're going to have um, opportunities for us to bless our community um, <laughs> yes. for people who have needs that go outside of just the holiday season where historically organizations around us are just doing you know, Thanksgiving, Christmas drives, that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. We as a church like to do that. And I know that last year we put out over 250 boxes to people mm-hmm. and families in need last year. And I know that we can bless more. So just look for that. That's just one quick snapshot. There's still biblical training center classes happening. There's still opportunities to get plugged into community groups. It's all about this whole, just what we talked about, grounded mm-hmm. and growing opportunity. Um, here at Fellowship Bible Church. And so the website has all those things. I will also, Caleb, you know, you plugged this too, but the yeah. other podcasts that are out there, just look yeah. for some of those episodes because there's some really cool Global Church just did, a,
0: just did one recently. Yep, yep,
1: yep. So cool. learn about what goes on with the grace ministry there, learn about the theology of our corporate worship gatherings out there in the Fellowship Family mm-hmm. podcast. So
0: good, good opportunities for anybody to get plugged in. Yeah, it's awesome. Mark, thanks for being here, buddy. Sure. Tim, thank you, my man. Thanks, thanks for you. faithfully being in the pulpit great. all these weeks. It's been a, it been a pleasure. For all you listeners and viewers, remember that uh, we love to hear from you guys as well. You can send over your thoughts, uh, questions, or requests over at fbcva.org slash podcasts, and you can write us a note or comment. Uh, other than that, you can find us on your favorite podcast platform all over the place. The fact of the matter, everybody's that sermons are not meant to just take an hour, but rather transform a lifetime. Until next week, much love. God bless.